Hotep. I am here with Mr. Hotep Jesus, a.k.a. Brian Sharp. What's going on, brother? Not much sitting here enjoying a nice little butter bagel. Oh, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I had one of these nasty-ass hunks of pizza before we got on here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, need, I need to get something in my stomach. And right. I ain't got time to go get break out all this food that my wife made me, so I'm gonna... I'm going to grab you something easy right now. I'll heat this up later. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good to be here, though, man. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate you making the time, man. I know you're a busy guy. I I have to say, before we get rolling, if I don't do this, and I'll forget about it, and I'll get my ass kicked. My mom is a huge fan of yours, and she wanted me to tell you hi. Oh, wow. Damn. That yeah. I said thank you. I told her, I said, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah. Yeah. I, I told, That's I awesome. Told, I told Pete a while back. I said, man... I got a bone to pick with Hotep Jesus. He goes, what's up? I said, my mom's a fucking Hotep now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but all right. That's lit. Well, I wanted to get you on here to talk about some of this, uh, some of the tech ventures you're working on. And uh, a buddy of mine and actually were just texting earlier about CoinBits. So let's start off with CoinBits. Um, it's, it's an avenue to buy cryptocurrency, but from what I understand, it's got some little, little kinks in there that are, that are more advantageous than other exchanges. Yeah. Well, when you buy Bitcoin, you're subject to the fees. So no matter, you know, how much you buy, it's always going to be just a dollar fee with us. So we're going to save a lot on, on just fees alone. Um, but we based upon the dollar cost average strategy you know we average in get the best price we only sell bitcoin um but yeah it's just uh gonna allow you to purchase bitcoin automatically on a weekly basis you know so you can get the best price um based upon a dollar cost average strategy yeah and why do you why do you focus only on bitcoin why not other coins as well is it are they a little bit harder to get involved in um well the founders believe in bitcoin um, I'd rather have them answer that question so they can give it to you straight and raw. Um, but uh, short, shorthanded, they believe in Bitcoin. They, 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 they're heavily invested in Bitcoin. They've been in Bitcoin very early on. And um, they believe it's the most sound form of cryptocurrency. Yeah. When you, when you, uh, when you took on this venture, did you... Did you understand that, you know, the the aspect like what you were getting into right right up right from the get go? Or was this something that just kind of evolved over time and you're like, oh, shit. No, I, I pretty much knew what I was getting involved in. Um, obviously, we get educated more and more as we go along. Right. So I'm continuing to learn about uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And it's, you know, it's the knowledge is so vast, right? And there's so many different arguments and debates happening around Bitcoin. So there's always an opportunity to learn more. So I'm always learning. But, um, you know, I was, uh, I made a good bag in 2017. So, um, and I called the crash. So um, I, I came from a very traditional investing world. So Bitcoin, you know, when I saw, you know, it was like 10x my account, I'm like, yeah, I did a good job on this. You know, I didn't need the 100x or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, uh, I would say I, I, I was more concerned with the investing portion more than the tech 
And over the years, I've gotten more interested in understanding how the tech works. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, what I found so interesting about, about listening to you and the way that you approach things is you're always talking about building your own, like doing your own shit, getting out there, doing it yourself. And I have like really the, the more agrarian kind of agorist mindset to where I want to work in the yard. I want to be growing my own vegetables. I'm I want to be raising chickens and goats and shit like that. And, and so when I see you doing this with technology and in, in inspiring and motivating and, and pushing pe other people to follow that, that kind of mindset, I like, I, I really, I really appreciate that about you because you have this, this large reaching, you know, influence, whether you realize it or not, a lot of people listen to you and they look at you for wisdom and things like that. And I think it's, I think the way you've approached technology, at least since I've run into you over the last year, has been really, really inspirational and really made me want to learn more about what's going on in technology. Mm, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, human civilization uh, evolves due to technology, you know, from the wheel to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Technology is here to assist us. And I think that whoever controls the technology controls evolution. And yeah, I wanna I wanna I wanna empower people. Uh I want to inspire people to empower themselves. And when I look at a lot of the problems in the world today, a lot of people complain about the problems, but my question always comes back to what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Because you can right. complain all day. And I know there's some people who are paid to keep the problems at the forefront uh, and they make money off of doing that. We call them grifters, but I just feel bad for their following who's caught up in the problems, but not thinking about the solutions. And when I look at all the problems in the world, um, the one thing I come back to is um, cash rules everything around me. So how do I get cash so I can start to make some influence in the world and inspire people and invest in the projects that I think are going to be healthy for people? Right. Yeah. And, and there's obviously, you know, this, we hear it all the time when, whenever, you know, you start talking about like big tech censorship or, or some of these things that are going on with technology, the, the NSA spying apparatus and, and things of like that, people are always, well, build your own, you know, opt out of this, build your own. And so when you, when you start, when you run into somebody like you, that's building their own, you're like, oh shit you can't actually build your own <laughs> like like it's not like impossible to do you know so yeah when you uh when did you really get interested in in the technology well i grew up around tech i mean going back to you know 1998 i was building websites i built an e-commerce website for this dude that was selling coins i was always in the tech my brother was a computer engineer my father was an electrical engineer and my dad, you know, he always bought the latest stuff when TVs came out. He had a TV in his car, you know, when um, the CD burner came out, we had a CD burner. And he always he was always just upgrading the computer to you know whatever the latest was. So I grew up around that and I was like de facto um, help desk for him and his friends and family. <laughs> so they called me up and I'd be help desk for Windows problems, so on and so forth. I was building computers, repairing computers, uh, self-taught. You know, I just read the IBM manual. If it was an IBM computer, read the error codes and then swap out parts with whatever needed. So, you know, I, I've always been around tech, but um, 
and even like no matter like I remember one time I was working with a Department of Public Works and I ended up getting a contract job because they had some computer problems and everybody there knew I had computer uh, knowledge. When I was a mortgage broker, I was the de facto help desk <laughs> at this <laughs> company and they loved that because you didn't tell me they had a computer problem. Hey, Brian, we're having problems. And I just come over, I take a look at it and it'd be done in like two seconds or 15 minutes or whatever. Um, so, you know, I've always been in that world. Um, and I thought I wanted to be in IT because I had that skill set. So I tried and then uh, what's funny is uh, 9-11, I was supposed to get a job in New York City. I ended up not getting that job. And then 9-11 happened right after. So it was a godsend and I didn't get that job. Um, but uh, I never did get into IT. I had one IT job for, with L'Oreal. That was pretty cool. Um, but I never I never enjoyed it. I thought it was really boring. But then um, later on in my life, I saw this mobile app technology becoming really big. Uh, especially with Apple and the Google phones. And uh, I was working on mostly consumer packaged goods, wine and spirits, energy drinks, uh, food and beverage, uh, you know, even uh, health supplements. So I was marketing all these type of goods, but the, uh, the, 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 the process was too long, you know, Uh, and I wanted some faster, I wanted something more profitable. So um I uh the connection breaking up? Or is that me? Um so, yeah, I um wanted to do something a lot more profitable and fun and faster. So uh I started talking to investors and celebrities about the mobile app space and nobody really got it. Nobody was really excited about it. So I, I ventured out and tried to find those people in that world and I immersed myself in it. So like the past decade, I've just been in the mobile app space. So what are, what are, you, uh, what are some of the, the apps or some of the, the, the tech that you're working on right now that, that's gonna help some people like uh, advance their, their personal liberty moving forward? Um, well, we got the Coinbits, coinbits.app investing app you know i always tell people i say if you bank half your half your pay and wait 10 years and when i say bank i mean invest um you can be really well off in 10 years you know you got to pay yourself before you pay everybody else uh so i think coinbase app is definitely a good tool for people especially 10 years down the line whatever bitcoin might be at that time a lot of people do really well um then we have the cron app the cron suite and that's a, a suite of productivity apps. Uh, the main app right now is a calendar, help you organize your events, so on and so forth. Um, Jivitize app helps our content creators. Um, and then we have uh, the AI. The AI is good to optimize. There are security capabilities to our AI, uh, basically analyze anything that goes in front of the camera. So we do have facial recognition technology, so on and so forth. But the way we're using it right now is to optimize the retail space to uh, bring profitability to uh, brick and mortar uh, establishments. So when uh, with the calendar, uh, like uh, what what makes it different from other calendar apps? Um, you're a bit breaking up, but I think I heard you say what makes it different. 
And really this the data visualization, how we how you view your calendar is completely different. They won an award uh, from Apple for design. And uh, we, we take the information and we put it on the arc, your health data, your photos, your music data, and uh, your calendar events. And we put that, that on this thing we call the arc. You really have to see it to believe it. But if you think of the rings of Saturn, for example, your data would exist and uh, revolve around your world. And uh, it's basically the, the way we visualize the data. It's basically, it's basically set up for you. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Jim.
Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Was that? Can you hear me? Yo. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you just fine. I'm choppy on mine. You're like going in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I think that's better. I think that's better right there. All right. All right. All right. Test, test, test. Yep. Sound clear? I hear you. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't know what happened. It uh, it Zoom kicked my damn mixer out out of the uh, conversation. So I was like, ah. So I was trying to get my mic back online. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Turn my video off just in case that's interfering with the signal. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So we was talking about the calendar app. So you were you were saying it's like rings within rings. So so what I was asking is, are, what is it? Are you is it a, an attempt to, for people to be able to centra, centralize the most important part? of their life and then work out from there. Is that, is that what the rings yeah, are for? That's, that's a good way to, that's a good way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Actually. I might steal that. No, that's fine. That's I, <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I was thinking, I was like, well, wow. Wow. Cause like, I'm thinking of like, um, when you, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Cecil Rhodes, but he had talked about the, the rings of power, you know, being a small, small group, which was the inner ring. And then, a larger group. So he's like, it's more like rings within rings instead of a pyramid. And so when you brought that up, I was like, I was like, yeah, you could micromanage like what's most pertinent, what, what you most need to accomplish and then work your way out, out from there by meaning of importance. Mm -hmm. 
which yeah, seems yeah seems like that would be good for someone like me who gets all scatterbrained yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely help you organize your, your life in advance it's an app for busy people you know people who need to organize your life that's exactly what it's for and, and where do you find that app app store apple app store and it's just called calendar no it's called cron cron k-r-o-n yeah cron k-r-o-n okay. or you go to cronarc k-r-o-n-a-r-c.com okay mm-hmm. all right that's cool that's a that's something i'm definitely gonna check out i'll put it on my phone i'm gonna i'll probably use the hell out of that yeah it's a very useful app i i, I would definitely recommend it for people well, it'll, it'll, it'll give me the opportunity to watch watch my current job go from the inner circle all the way to the outer circle, which would be the ultimate goal to get <laughs> it out of the circles. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I hate being I hate being gone from the wife all the time, you know. So. No, no. What you mean? Oh, Jesus. Okay. So when you're looking at what, what's going on in the world around us and in the way that, that the medical tyranny came down last year and just the entire political process, which I love watching y'all show to listen to y'all make fun of like the entire political process. There's, that's the best part of, of Hotep's been told you is when y'all are just making fun of all the politicians. I'm just dying. <laughs> so when you're looking at this, how are you? How do you envision the technology helping you opt out of, of all this? Money. Mostly money. I mean, when you, if you let's just take it to a very uh, micro level. You got a guy with no money who's got to stand before the judge, and you got a guy who's got money for the elite attorney. You know, who do you think is going to get off? Obviously, the guy with the elite attorney. When you look at politics in America, you know, for example, to run in some of these primaries and whatnot, they literally tell you, you have to raise a certain amount of money. So all this stuff comes back to money. So for me, it's not only about the tech that can help people reach their goals, but it's also about accumulating wealth. And also people don't understand, you know, like wealth is, wealth has been on this planet over 10,000 years to assume it's going to go away is quite naive, I believe, especially to believe that it'll go away in our lifetime. Um, so for me, it's about living above the system. Yeah. I, and yeah, and I can see that for me, you know, I, like I told you before, I'm, I'm more of a gorist. So I'm just like, I'm like, let's see how can I get opposite, like outside of the system? I want to live kind of parallel to it, you know, kind of let it do its thing over there. And I'm over here doing my thing. I leave it alone. It leaves me alone. And, you know, we only intermingle when we absolutely have to. And hopefully those are on good terms and not bad terms for my sake. Um, <laughs> but but you uh, you seem to have like a very similar style to uh, like maybe Jason Stapleton as far as your, like your mindset. You're like, if you want to be free, you need to uh, you need to more money. You need more wealth, power, and influence in order to le- live free. Whereas 
I come from the, I don't know, maybe it's just a simpleton kind of mindset for, for me, but I'm, but I look at it and I'm like, look, I don't really care if I'm wealthy. I want to be comfortable, but I don't really care about money. I, w- I would, I just want to be left alone. So how do I create that lifestyle in for myself to where I can be left alone? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And I support that too. Um, I have some of those aspirations as well. I see as money as a tool to get there mm-hmm. because uh, I would like to build some sort of infrastructure uh, for my own citadel, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it, it's for me, it's not about the money. It's about what we can do with it. Right. It's a, it's um, a tool. It's a tool to reach uh, an ultimate destination. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to help people to, to really like help people, you know, like Jay-Z says, you can't help the poor if you're one of them. Yeah. So to me, I gave back. That's a win-win. Right. You know, um, and I look at even where I'm at now, I'm the cousin, uncle, friend who people call on and I'm able to support them when they, when they need that, you know, a friend calls me up. He's, you know, dad just died and, kind of going through it and he needed a couple of dollars and I was in a position to help him. You know, that for me, that makes me feel good knowing that I was able to get myself to a place in society uh, where when my friends needed me, I could help. It sucks when your friends call you because I've been there too. Your friends call you, they need a little help. And you're like, yo, I, I don't got it. Like you got it, but it's just like you don't got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're in the, it's in the bank account, but it's like I don't know if I can take it out because I might not be able to afford it. You know, I'm like maybe one disaster away from poverty. So you're like, ah, I can't give it to you, bro. I want to, but or you're like, when I'm gonna get it back? <laughs> like I need it back, and you don't want to be in those situations. But when you're in a situation with somebody's like, I need to borrow some money, and you're like, here, just take it. Um, <clears throat> I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the that's one of the the cool things about about you and the way you approach this is <clears throat> the average person listening to to Brian Sharp, aka Hotep Jesus, can sit there and relate to you because you've been in the shoes of of the person that maybe didn't have it, you know, and you figured out ways to to get out of that situation. So when you're telling them. You know, yeah, you just need to you need to build your own. You're 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 doing it. You're leading by example. You're not just it's not just lip service. So it means a lot more when it's coming from you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it happened at a, as a requirement and not even a choice. Unfortunately, I was going from job to job, startup to startup, doing marketing for tech companies, and it just became so frustrating to a point where it was just like couldn't do it anymore for my mental health. I just was running into so many terrible situations and I felt so helpless. And I realized that the only place that I had control and power was on my own. And, you know, I was looking at the companies and I was looking at myself and I'm like, I'm technically more successful online than this company. So like, why am I even working for them if they won't even listen to me? You know? So it was just like, Focus on yourself, as uh, Nerd at the Cool Table would put it. 
So I just started focusing on, on building my own business instead of trying to build other people's businesses. And then once I got to the point where my business was popping, then I was I circled back and said, well, if I'm going to be involved in somebody's business, I want to be on a cap table. I don't want to be a salary employee who's just, you know, taking orders from somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, I want to I want somebody to bring me on the team because they trust my experience and want my expertise. So, you know, I, I had to leave the job situation out of a necessity. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I know, you know, I'm looking at, at some different avenues and, and the next moves I'm going to be making here over the next few months. And, you know, I know how it feels to be to be staring into the abyss going, I want to be free. I want to be free of the life that I've been living. I want to get, you know, be home with my wife. I want to be, you know, providing for my family with my own with my own intelligence, my own will and not depending on other people and still, you know, 18 years into driving a truck, it's like, man, as tired as I am of this, it's been good to me. I don't know if I should just up and run away, you know? <laughs> so, so there's that internal struggle of how I'm, how I'm, how am I going to make these next steps and how am I going to make these next steps work and that uncertainty as to if it will work and how it's going to work. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so whenever you whenever you run into those those obstacles, and I'm sure still to this day you have some of those moments, how do you approach those those times? Uh, the times of, of hardship, uh, the times of uncertainty, the times uncertainty? Where, you, where you're where you're sitting there with a fork in the road and you're like, I could go this way or I could go this way. Now, this way seems like it'd be pretty much it'd be the easiest way to go. But that way. As hard as it would be, if it worked out, I would love it a lot more. Like, how do you how do you mentally prepare yourself to do that? I think the problem is some people think too short term and not long term. I'm a long term thinker. I think like if I make this move, how am I going to be affected five, 10 years down the line as opposed to, you know, here's a quick hit or a quick win um, and then smoke some weed, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I probably need to do that. How much weed? No, I'm playing. <laughs> How many gummies I mean, I, do you eat? <laughs> I, I mean, I actually quit smoking weed last year sometime, I believe. Um, so now I'm more like a social smoker. Like if I'm hanging out with some friends and they got some bud, I'll smoke. But like back in the day, man, like weed, we really, it was, it was bad for me and it was good for me at the same time because those times where it's just like, you know, you just want to kill yourself. Like, you know, you go to your friend's house, you just smoke a blunt and then like life just seems better all of a sudden, you know? So it's like this unhealthy, healthy thing. Um, but uh, I've also used it to empower me. You know, you, you have those times where you need that brilliant idea. You know, sometimes I just sit down, blow a J in the air and, and really contemplate like, you know, how can we get creative? How can we, how can we make, what, what move can we make to really, to really move life forward? But, um, you know, I think the thing is sometimes you got to trust the process, you know, trust whatever it is you're doing. Like, for example, you got the podcast that you're working on now. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, <clears throat> they might see a year down the line, it's not growing like they want it to. Um, and they might not even doing any checks and balances and just quit. You know, I think it's important before you quit something, do some checks and balances. When we first started out, Hotel's been told you, 
you know, it was terrible. We didn't have microphones. It was no ca- the cameras were terrible. We were doing it on the phone. It was just like really bad. So you always have to do some checks and balances and say, before I quit this thing, did I give it my full effort? Did I, did I invest in it? Did I continue to get better? And if you didn't do that, then maybe it's not time to quit because you didn't try to make whatever you had better, right? So a whole test been told you it was about, you know, people complaining. They were saying, yo, the sound's terrible. All right, let me get some mics. So we got the mics. Uh, I didn't know anything about podcasting. I didn't care. I just wanted to talk to the people. And then it was just like, oh, well, let's get a camera, right? And then after that, it's like, all right, well, I see somebody on Twitch, like these cool graphics. How's that done? And so, we, you know, we upgrade the graphics. And somebody's like, oh, we don't like those graphics because, you know, it doesn't show enough of the screen on your face or something like that. All right, we'll upgrade it again, right? So it's just like you, you always want to just audit yourself and say, you know, how am I getting better? How am I optimizing whatever it is I'm doing? And you trust the process that it will grow and, and be consistent. Yeah. yeah but sometimes no. we, we might let family members and friends discourage us and, and that type of stuff uh, has to be ignored. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, one of the things I ran into is uh, – is I started I started my podcast in 2018, um, and you know I, I went I worked through lots of fucking gremlins last year, lots of sound issues, quality issues, trying different things, uh, trying to record different ways, and um, but the one thing that almost had me quit is before the dog that rides with me now I had another dog that rode with me for three years, and he got hit by a car, and I was like. Oof. I, mm. I mean, I was devastated for a long mm. time and I almost quit over that because I was like, I couldn't focus. I really didn't. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was just like, whatever, just leave me alone. I don't mm. know if I want to keep doing this, but you mm. know, luckily, yeah, I, I stuck with it. Um, I feel like I've gotten better. I feel like the show's gotten better. I'm get, I've gotten, I've gotten a, a lot more comfortable in reaching out to better guests like yourself. And, um, just having these conversations in a way that maybe can help somebody, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You just got to keep, you got to trust yourself, got to trust the process and keep moving forward. Yeah. And it absolutely is, is not. And I think that's, I think that's important for, you know, those of us that do have the microphone that are, that are putting ourselves out there that are, that are getting listeners that we do talk about, Hey, yeah, we've had these struggles. We've gone through, you know, bouts of depression or, you know, anxiety or, or whatever, you know, we've gone through in our lives. And, and, you know, yeah, we, we've, we're building these things and we're trying to help y'all come up with solutions, you know, for your own lives, but we've had to come up with some of these solutions for our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say to people, man, I say having a microphone is going to be, uh, imperative in the future because especially with the censorship and so on and so forth uh you might not have a voice and i think that uh doing the podcast and the streaming thing is 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 very important to assure that going forward you do have a voice you do have an opinion that's the new vote is speaking to other people and 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 providing your perspective because there's people out there who think like you that are looking and, and wondering and sometimes they feel alone they feel as though hey um I'm, am i the only one that thinks like this and then they run into your podcast and you're like wait there's more people out there like this and it starts creating that sub community right so the microphone is, is is super important man 
so I know you're working on a new book. Do you are you talking about it on podcast yet? Uh yeah, a little bit. Uh actually it's finished now. I just have to edit it. Uh, I'm waiting on Roll Tomasi to finish up the cover and then it'll be out within the next shit, maybe two weeks. Awesome. So so what's the book about? Uh uh Let's see how I can say this without any spoilers. Uh, it's 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 a book on U.S. history and conspiracies. Ooh, yeah. It starts out in 16th century Europe and then ends at World War II. Mm. It's going to be a part of. It's going to be a, a three volume series. The next series is going to be on uh, socialism and communism. And then the last one's going to be on race, um, specifically black and white relations. Um, but uh, in this book, I just provide evidence and proof and truth for people to investigate and, and question things. So you'll you'll see me cite uh, many sources. You'll see me quote many primary sources. You'll see uh, you'll see case law. Supreme Court case law. You'll see congressional record. Uh, so um, I just wanted to put I just wanted to put the information out there, in in a, in a way that would be hard to refute because the evidence was so hard, the evidence was just so concrete that somebody can't say, "Oh, this is conspiracy theory." No, this is conspiracy fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, it's it, Congress talked about this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you can't say it's you know some Alex Jones spooky stuff. No, this was in the congressional record. This is what this is what your congressman said. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I, I, I hate anytime you bring up you know any kind of crazy off the wall shit the government's been involved in, whether it's the Tuskegee experiments or MK Ultra or you know, Operation Mockingbird or, you know, the, the fact that there was a, an attempted uh, coup by fascists within the government during uh, the Roosevelt administration, any of these things you bring oh. up, any oh. of these things you bring up, you know, people are like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're like, no, man, I can show you this shit. <laughs> I can yeah. show I can show you evidence that all this stuff happened. That, that was a that was a military general. I was going to include that in my book, and I decided not to. Oh uh, no, shit. Yeah, just um, mostly because of time. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I ran across that piece of information, I'm like, oh, I should include this in the book. But I uh, like because of time, it didn't fit the premise of the book because you know the premise of the book is very specific to what I'm trying to talk about, and it felt more like a segue. Um, but yeah, that, that fascist plot to take over the white house is a very interesting story, but also because of time, um, I really wanted to dive into it and there's like a 300, 400 page book on it. That I really want to sit down and read before I even include it in a book. You know, I like to do thorough research mm. and because of time, I just wouldn't have time to, but also it didn't make sense to, to include it in my book because of the angle I was taking and the type of evidence I was providing. But the amount of evidence I pro provided was just significant, was, was sufficient. Um, but yeah, that plot to take over the white house. I think this is the name of the book is called the plot to seize the white house. Yeah, I think I have the audio book. Uh, it's probably one of the ones I haven't listened to yet. But uh, I, I, I ran into the story years ago, and I was like, what? And mm -hmm. uh, 
and they had a link to a YouTube video of Smedley mm. Butler, the one who the guy the yes. guy who came yes. forward and stopped the whole thing. And he, yes. there's a there's a YouTube video of Smedley Butler talking like, "Yes, this happened," and yada yada yada. It was an, it's insane. You're like, hold up, wait. They didn't teach us about that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck did yeah. you teach us about that shit? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I might mention it in an introduction. You just gave me a good angle to include it. I might, because I was writing the introduction today, and I thought the introduction was complete, but now you mentioned that, I might throw that in there because it fits the premise of my introduction. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that I can contribute. Yeah, you've, you've, you've given me a lot of reading. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start. Char- I'm gonna have to start charging for this shit. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know you like that, bro. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, <man>. Oh shit. <clears throat> so shit. So there ain't no nuggets out of there. That you you want to drop that you you discovered maybe you didn't know before that maybe you informed somebody. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. I mean, the book is so, it's so, there's a lot in there. I yeah. crammed a lot within 200 something pages. Yeah. I crammed a lot within 200 something pages. I mean, we're talking about going through the history of money in Europe. Then we talk about the history of money and banking in the United States. And then, then we get into World War One and World War Two and how money relates into all of that stuff. And it's just like, you know, if I was to start dropping gems, like this podcast wouldn't end. <laughs> uh, I bet you, you know? read Tragedy and Hope. Uh, let's see. Daryl, uh, Carol Quigley. Carol Quigley. <laughs> Carol Quigley. I got a copy of that right here, as you can see. Yep. When the video drops, you'll see. Yeah, I got a copy of that. That's that's mandatory reading. Yeah. Yeah, I keep that one by my desk. Have you? Uh, um, have you I quoted checked- a, a little bit from that. Oh, I was just, I was just messing around. Uh, have you have you read any of this stuff on this Great Reset? Uh no, no. I'm I'm familiar with it. Event two hundred one, the Great Reset, New World Order. Yeah, it's, mm. yeah. I got I got the book for you, man, because you're into tech. Uh, okay, it's called Shaping the Future of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Oh yeah, I've heard of that book before. This book it lines out. I call it a technological mind comp because it, yeah. it lines out the first couple of chapters. It's like, this is how this is. These are the concerns we have. This is how we're going to u- utilize our morals and our values in order to shape technology going forward. And then that's like the last two thirds of the book. It's they're covering different technologies, bioengineering, um, all kinds of shit, man. Like, uh, affecting the weather patterns, blockchain technology, AI, and how they plan on on maturing and shaping this technology to basically force people into their ideal of morality and to live and to create and shape the world that they want to create and shape. So it's like you were saying earlier, like whoever controls the technology controls the future yes indeed and so they've written what i think it's about a, I, I have it back in the back of the truck i think it's like 350 pages and it is it's just the plot to run the world basically mm. 
Yeah, that sounds like fun. I'm gonna have to dive into that. Yeah, you being a tech guy, I think you, I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds like something I need. <clears throat> oh, I got it saved right here in my notes. It's in my bookmark, so I'll probably pick that up. I just bought like seven books um, last month, and um, so I'm um, I'm probably gonna have to add this to the library as well. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, I, I've read it a few times because mm -hmm. I was because uh, you read it the first time and it's like, man, they couldn't have really said that. No, nah, mm -hmm. I, I must have misread that. Like, he, I just I didn't understand this correctly. You know, mm -hmm. like there's a sentence in there I can never get. I can't get it out of my head because there's a sentence and it's 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 the first sentence under education. And it says not only do we have to control and develop technology moving forward. But we have to control and develop human uh, humans as they move forward. And the first thing, I, man, I'm, all I can think of is John Taylor Gatto. He warned us. He was telling us about this shit, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to dive into that. Yeah. So. Well, all right, man. I got I to gotta get back on the road. I hate that we had the tech problems that we had. It's all good. But I'm a, we had a great conversation. We did. We're gonna have to do this again. Yeah, let me know, man. I'm here. Yeah, for sure. We'll. Uh, I'll definitely, definitely after your book comes out and I read it, and I'll be like, all right, now we yeah. got receipts here, motherfucker. A lot of receipts. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of receipts coming. <laughs> That's badass, dude. I'm excited about that. Uh, you yeah. know, give me something to read until uh, until Thad's book comes out. Yeah. Know? He's, yeah, only, yeah. He, he's only been promising us that book for what 10 years now which one's that uh, he's writing a book on like the the war, wars of the 20th century i mean it's gotta okay. be oh it's gotta be some a monster <laughs> oh, of man. a task to overcome yeah it is it really is yeah so i mean between between scott's book uh enough already and then dad's book yeah, geez, yeah. yeah i'm gonna be like i can't read about war again ever in my life Oh man! Never again. Yeah, I did World War One, World War Two, and I was just like, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali did the two major wars. So I can imagine if he's doing all the wars. Jeez. Hey, you yeah. know, have you read the book of uh, the War State? Nah, what's that one? Uh, it's about the Cold War. Okay. And it was really good. I think the guy's name is Swanson. Yeah, yeah, Michael Swanson. Michael Swanson. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's a I'm really good that. one. Yeah. I'll check that one out too. I'm about to yeah. add it to my notes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know all this. <laughs> you can't go wrong getting book recommendations from Scott Horton. Okay. Yeah. You want anything uh, on war or foreign policy? Like, just message Scott. He'll send you, like, I asked him one time, I was like, hey, man, what's a good book on this subject? And, I think it was like for the next like 30 minutes, I was getting like, like texts of like five or six books at a time. He's like, Oh yeah, you can't forget this one. You can't forget this. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. I don't, I don't think I have enough life left in my body to read all this shit. Oh man. Yeah. So much information out here. Man, man. There is man. There is. Uh, but, but all right, man, let's plug whatever you got to plug, Bubba. Yes, sir. Uh, hotepjesus.com. Uh, go ahead and purchase, uh, dominate Twitter. It's my book on marketing, and uh, which you can use on any social media platform, actually. And uh, go ahead and get a copy of uh, the Unbreakable Rules for Masculinity, 
and uh, get on my email list for all my upcoming releases uh, in regards to history. Hell yeah. All right, man. And I'll, uh, I'll put links in the show notes and all that good jazz. Yes, sir. All right. Now let me stop this recording.